Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello. Happy New Year, Alex. Happy New Year to you too, my friend. You were in Nigeria and now you're not. Yes, now I am back to this dreary weather. And uh, went, meanwhile, it was fun in the sun for me. But uh, <laughs> life gives you lemons, you know. Absolutely. Um, well, I hope you enjoyed um, the World Cup. Wait, there was there was you were watching the World Cup while you were out there, right? I did. I did. Uh, enjoyed it. Had a good time. Satisfied yeah, I, with the final. Uh, yeah, wait, wait. The, oh, yeah, yeah. What am I talking about? Like, the final was <laughs> was amazing. Like, remember beginning? I told you guys. I think I even said it on the pod. I was not excited for this World Cup. It, it just mm-hmm. it didn't feel like World Cup mode because normally it's summer. It's nice outside, and you know you can sit on the patio and watch the games and. None of that was possible, <laughs> like, like like here. Although when I got to Nigeria, I got all of that. <laughs> so that was yeah, nice. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. So, and I mean, Mo and I were saying that like we actually really enjoyed the Winter World Cup because you didn't have to didn't have to sacrifice any of that outdoor time. Why would it be a sacrifice? I don't get it. Well, just like in you sit through seven months of the Canadian winter. I mean, less so these days, but you know, in theory, and then it comes the summer. And then you need to sit, for the most part, inside to watch the World Cup. Oh, because like you don't want to watch World Cup games with a bunch of morons yelling at the screen. Well, that too. <laughs> I mean, I, I I get that, but like when I watched a couple of games uh, at the hotel, there was a restaurant downstairs, and there's an outdoor section with a bunch of people, and I was like, this is really like I miss this, you know, I miss mm-hmm. like being out there with people who don't know what they're talking about and chuckling to myself about how <laughs> stupid their football knowledge is. <laughs> well, to be honest, that is the case, even if you go to, well, especially if you go to football games. Like, if you go to games, like a Premier League game, for example, you would sort of expect people around you in the stands to have some idea of what they're talking about, because a lot of people mm-hmm. in those in the stands go regularly, and they are just as clueless as everyone else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe more so because they don't even get to watch the games live outside of being in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but anyway, yes, yeah, so World Cup final, obviously, um, GOAT, etc. And mm-hmm. then the Premier League kicked right back in and bloody hell, it's all going off. It's all going off and Arsenal are going to win the league, right? Uh, I was I was certain that was happening until yesterday or the day after before whenever the newcastle game was uh really? and i looked at your fixture then i looked at your fixture list and i was like huh, okay like in all seriousness right arsenal <laughs> are the best team in the league right now like forget the like, yes. the table doesn't lie all that good stuff although last year united were on top people said they were still not the best or so whatever table lied then who cares but and i'm still salty about it but you can hear it through my voice but it's okay the xg um, doesn't lie Sure, your defensive record is really good. Your attacking is really good. So yes, your XG doesn't lie. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> but and and in the first, I think the first ten minutes of that Newcastle game, I was like, bloody hell! Like I've watched Arsenal mm. all season, but that was, there was something about it that struck me. And not that it was any better than any other thing, but it was the intensity of which Arsenal came out in the first couple of minutes, which has been evident throughout the season because you score a lot of goals early. Um, but it just, I don't know, something just clicked and I was like, fuck, this is like, 
This is bad series. Bad news for the rest of us because this is just nuts. But you didn't pull it off. And mm-hmm. the only reason I started to doubt your credentials a little bit is only because you've got this tough run coming. I think United City Spurs, I think, Spurs. Is, is all in the mix. I don't know which order. And I think a little bit of doubt would have crept in. And I'm curious to see how you handle that little bit of doubt coming in. Um, that That's it. It, it does, like, it's literally the smallest grain of doubt possible, but we've seen Arsenal crumble in the past. I'm curious to see if this is this team is different in that regard. That's that's fair, and I think everyone's kind of waiting for that to happen. Um, similar to, I mean, they're different stories completely, but similar to the Leicester season, where Leicester just kept winning and kept winning, and everyone was like, surely this is the week where it falls apart, right? And then it <laughs> never was. Um, and uh, and Danny Simpson kept being the best right back in the league. Or That was his name, right? Danny Simpson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. And yeah, Wes Morgan and Robert Huth. And all the, all, yeah. Anyway, um, not the same story, but I think this Arsenal team is more resilient than that. I think, so I think Tottenham is the next game that they have in, in that run of difficult games. Um, honestly, not concerned about that at all. Um, I wouldn't be at all. And, and Spurs are a very strange team now, which we'll discuss later, but I, I'm not concerned about that. City, yeah, can go either way. United are good now, and I think that will be a good test. But I basically just I'm, I'm not I'm not worried about those games because I think Arsenal have shown um, bounce back ability this season. That there have been a couple of setbacks. Um, they've lost one game, which is the United game. Um, they've drawn a couple more, and just whenever the, there have been those those kind of minor setbacks, whereas in the past they might have crumbled, this time they've just come back. And you're right, they go at the games all out in the first 10-15 minutes. And that is because, to my mind, Arteta has looked at the stats which say that if you score the first goal, you have an 80, approximately 80% chance of winning the game. So it blows my mind that most teams don't go out like an absolute pack of wolves the way Arsenal are doing this season and try to get the first goal. Like, it's obviously not a guarantee of anything, but it gives you a much better chance statistically. So why doesn't everyone do it? I don't know. But Arsenal have certainly cottoned on to the the fact that it's important. A, a couple of things. So it was very interesting that you say that because, so someone did analysis of United when they broke the away record of 29 unbeaten or whatever. And they they saw that the trend in all those games was actually what United did in what seemed to be intentionally was to not play intense football and basically let the opponents come on to them for the first 60 minutes or so and then completely blast them when they're tired <laughs> in the last 30 minutes because the stats showed they actually scored most of their goals like second half, you know, mm. 60 minutes on. And they were like, are they being told to like be patient, conserve energy, and then with all this pace that they have in the squad, completely decimate the team? It was almost too many times it occurred for it to be a coincidence. And, and, and as if Arteta went, we have a lot of pace. Maybe before mm. people get stabilized and, or, and you know, uh, oriented, all right, let's hit them. Because even in that United game, I remember at Old Trafford, it was offside, but you scored pretty early. I think Martinelli, but it was, it was, it was offside. So, like, it was ruled offside, yeah. 
Yeah, like it's clearly. I I think it's clearly a message that's been sent out to, to the team, and I'm wondering when someone's gonna work it out and just like smash Bukayo Saka in the first minute of the game, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, they're Oops. definitely trying. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely trying to do that. I think I think there was no greater example of that actually than the Arsenal Brighton game, um, which is two games ago now, but. Arsenal did exactly that. They smashed them and got a couple of goals before Brighton even knew what day it was. And Brighton got a lot better and played a lot better in the second half. And Matoma got a couple of goals in the end. It ended 4-2. But it was too late, basically. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's the idea. Um, I think in this game, though, Newcastle... I mean, Newcastle are amazing, man. Like, they are a 2023 Sam Allardyce's Bolton, but with, like, a bit more about them. You know, they can play football, but they can also play rugby. Yeah, I, I, I've, I realized this uh, again when they played uh, United and someone else. I, I remember they played and they just hung in there. And normally we've seen them just be very, very attacking. But when you actually look at the goals for, they score a decent amount of goals, but not crazy. But what they do really well is actually defend. Like, and I so think. Good defensively. A, a, a lot has gone on. A lot of people are thinking of them as the swashbuckling team, which I think when they do score, it looks like that. But reality, what they're the best defense in the league, uh, 11 goals against, which, let's be real, for an Eddie Howe team, I never saw this coming. Never, ever, nope. ever, ever, ever saw it coming from an Eddie Howe team at all. Because we, we saw so his team could not defend at all. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't defend at all. I have no idea. It's, it's so confusing. It's like he finished that job and then went and did a bunch of homework. On how <laughs> He was like, I can't let this happen again. And now this, this defense is amazing. Like Dan didn't he Burns, do like a sabbatical and go around like Europe learning yeah. and stuff? Like, did he really go and learn how to defend? <laughs> Maybe. Who did he speak to? I can't even think of like a contemporary who could teach you to do that these days. Like, who is there? And, and what's more impressive to me is that, like, I know Sven Botman was chased by a bunch of different clubs. Although in the end, it only turned out to be Newcastle at the end. But sure, fine, whatever. Um, I don't think, I never thought in my life, okay, that the best defense in the Premier League would include Dan Byrne, mm-hmm. uh, Fabian Schaar, mm-hmm. and Kieran Trippier. Not that Kieran no. Trippier isn't a good player, he really is. But at Let's Go Madrid, we're covering him for his shitty defense. <laughs> when he's come back I'm to the crazy. Premier League and he's been <laughs> rock fucking solid. Like, that's crazy. Absolutely solid, yes. Like, his delivery is unbelievable, but that's not really what he's famous for. But yeah, he's a much better defender post-Atleti than he was beforehand, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, even Nick Pope, like, what a signing. He's been amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made a couple of brilliant saves in this game. Um, you know, one or two, maybe you could say they were they were a bit lucky, just kind of kicked out at them. But whatever, man, you could do what you got to do to to get in the way. And he was fantastic. Um, could Arsenal have been a bit more clinical? Maybe, maybe. But you know, they created some good chances. Um, but I just thought this was a very fair result. I thought Newcastle absolutely shit housed their way through the game, and I think fair play, frankly. Um, they, you know, what they do really well is keep the ball out of play. Like Newcastle mm. games against big teams, the ball's in play for like 50 minutes. And and that's mm-hmm. really clever, actually, because then they don't have to be as good for that long. Like Newcastle aren't <laughs> that talented a team yet. They will be, but they're not that talented a team yet. So, you know, let me beat a team for 50 minutes. Fine, because I can't beat them for 90, you know? 
yeah, I, I, I noticed that, and people were like, "What happened to the world? The World Cup uh, injury time <laughs> and stuff." Like, this, this, this long gone, my friends. It's absolutely long mm-hmm. gone. This is the Premier League, mm-hmm. mate. But you know, they, they, I, I never expected personally that as well. Chris Wood, Almiron, Joel Linton would would amount to anything. <laughs> my God, like, no. those guys, especially Almiron, is playing out of his ass like amazingly well. <laughs> Props to Eddie Howe, but you know, I, we started off talking about Arsenal, and I want to go back again because <laughs> did I expect? I mean, beginning of the season, I was slandering Martinelli, and and he's been very good. In fact, he's been in my FPL ever since I slandered him. <laughs> so Not. him and him and Odegaard. It's scary because obviously Bukasaka, we, we we know he's good, but Martinelli mm-hmm. excelling. Odegaard, I think, is living up to his potential finally. Yes. Whether yes. It, it wasn't a matter of him being good or not, everyone knew he was a good player. Would he would he become the player they said he was going to be at 14 years old when he signed for Madrid? He's doing that now, which is very scary. That you have him, you have Saka, you have Martinelli. I don't really care for Jesus anymore. Um, but at least those three, and of course, Xhaka is now playing football, which is shocking. And, and uh, like, they're all growing up at the same time. And that is some scary shit. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. If you don't and, win it now, you, you could win it later. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, if you look at, if you look at the back line, Ben White is like 22, Saliba's 20-ish. He's been a little dodgy since he got back from the World Cup, but, you know, the potential's unreal. Um, Gabriel, mid-twenties, Zinchenko and Tierney aren't old. Zinchenko certainly less so. Um, I mean, we'll get to City, but but frankly, the longer the season goes on, the fact that City let Arsenal have Jesus and Zinchenko seems increasingly A, mad, and B, arrogant. Um, and we'll get to City, but they've been, in, they've been amazing signings. Yeah, I, I think... I do think that you haven't gotten, like you've gotten out of Jesus the sort of teamwork side of it, mm-hmm. and and I think he's mm-hmm. critically important to how things function. Inketia has done better in the last since since he came back since the World Cup. He's done better than I expected him to do. I still think that's when shit hits the fan, which we're gonna find out now. I'm like Inketia, man. Like is that's <laughs> the only thing that I'm doubting right now. Is like. You got some big games coming up, and isn't Ketty leading the line? That's the only thing, like, aside from the doubt I said before, that makes me worry a little bit. Because, you know, other games, I don't I don't think we really care. But Spurs, I do think you, Arsenal's going to win that. But then again, Spurs have been so shit that it's, it's, that, it's that reaction time feeling. Like, is this the yeah, game that they know. react to and... You know, isn't Ketia the one that's going to bother their centre-backs to me? I don't know. I, I, it doesn't feel like that to me. So, and, and City yeah. centre-back, I mean, Ketia, really? Against Martinez and Varane and Ketia? That's where I'm have a, I have a problem. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. I, I think this is basically it. This is basically the test. Because in the summer, Arsenal said, and Ketia could have left, right? A number of times. And Arsenal convinced him to say to stay by basically saying, Here, A, here's 100 grand a week. And B, you are the backup striker. Like, you will get the chance. And so when Gabriel Jesus got injured, there was a lot of chat, obviously, online about, oh, shit, we need to buy a striker. And you can't do that. You can't give your second-choice striker 
that role and 100 grand a week and then buy someone to replace him the first you know mm. the second someone gets injured that said maybe they'll get the Jean- <laughs> felix if it doesn't work by the end of january who knows um but yeah this this is basically it this is the test for him he's a good player he scores goals against against the weaker sides for sure um he scored he did really well against chelsea towards the end of last season so like he can do it but i understand not being convinced i, I don't think any of us have necessarily seen enough yet over a period of time to know for sure mm-hmm. but at least the the system is functioning in a way that it may not be that important Correct. you know what i mean yeah so. yeah they share the goals around um let's move to city though um as the as the only at this point the only other team that that could potentially win the title um they're five points behind arsenal after beating chelsea one nil but I'm just there's something not right about them, man. And it's not quite as simple as like now they have Haaland and so that's their only way of scoring. But it's it's not that far away from it. Uh, I mean, some people have used the yeah, you're playing for Holland thing, and and I think it's beyond that. To be honest, I, I think I think that's a bit too simplistic. Because watching them today, I was like, Cancelo looks like garbage and we all know what Cancelo was doing last season and the season before and even like De Bruyne for me there are there are decisions that you see on the pitch where you're like okay he's gonna make that through ball now or he's gonna make that cross now and he doesn't or or this or the passes aren't coming off and I'm watching him like if their passes aren't coming off like how what are they supposed to do Mm -hmm. it just doesn't look like vintage city to me and in a sense, it would be a shame if they won the league. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, like they're shit and you're good and you still can't beat them. That would be <laughs> that would be very upsetting, like for football as a whole. But it's just they don't look convincing to me. They just they just don't. But they still get things done. That's that's what's very very scary. They don't look convincing to us, and I can tell you, like. You know, the, you fans shouldn't read that much into body language, but they don't look convinced either. They don't mm. look convinced by themselves, frankly. Like they're more relieved when they win games than they should be. You know, um, for a team that that can, br- I mean, look, look what look what won the game today. Grealish and Mara's off the bench. 160 million pounds worth of talent coming off the bench to win the game. That's not something that most teams can do. And and they can, and like you know, after after seventy minutes of being battered around by De Bruyne and Gundogan and Foden, and I mean Cancelo came off at half time or whatever, but like to be able to bring that level of quality off the bench is nuts. I'd argue that it was two hundred and thirty million because I don't know what Capo was doing. <laughs> <laughs> he could have caught like just he could have kicked it. He could have caught. He could have done anything anything mm. anyway that's that's a that's a whole different kettle of fish but I, I i just wanted to go back on this and i'm like nathan ake is playing too much football for my like <laughs> yes thank you was gonna get there when Cancelo's not playing and like walker's on the bench and nathan ake is starting and finishing every game it's really annoying me it's like because i'm watching him yeah i'm like he's the least city player i've ever seen like by like pep manage like, I don't get why he was seeing this so good at 
I mean, I liked him at Bournemouth. I don't understand. <laughs> what? And he's playing. I don't know what formation they're playing. Whether he's playing as a left center, like left center back in the three, or he's playing as the left back. But whatever it is, put Cancelo back on the left. Like you know that weird inverted left yep. that he was doing last yep. year. Do that. Put Walker on the right, and then put Stones and Ruben Diaz, or who, or anybody. I don't care. Or Akanji, for goodness' sake, play a four. Mm-hmm. And let that be the four. And just, I don't want to see Ake again. I, so I, I completely agree with you. Like I, I was watching this game and it was like deep into the second half and City weren't winning yet. And Ake had the ball like six times in, in, in the minute or so that I'd been watching. And I was just like, literally any other member of your squad would, would have more ability on the ball right now. And Ake is not even that bad a player. But it's just like you have so many amazing other players that it doesn't make any sense. He did both formations today, though. Like he started with this like three, two, four, one thing, and then that didn't work, and so he brought on his new favorite toy, Rico Lewis, and moved to a four. Except that it's not a four, is it? Because Rico Lewis basically plays in central midfield, and so it's still basically like a three-two, whatever. But yeah. It's just stop complicating my life. <laughs> like it's really getting <laughs> annoying. Uh, it's it's just really getting annoying. Like uh, I don't I don't like it. Um, Let's talk about. But yeah, I, I think I think they'll they'll figure it out eventually. Oh, and oh, the other team in this game, Chelsea. Like, what's the mm. point? <laughs> what is the point? I don't. It's more interesting to talk about what they're doing off the pitch than what they're doing on the pitch because they're not interesting at all mm-hmm. like at mm-hmm. all um obamiang doesn't like just no they, they i can't believe they paid money for him the way he's playing and Havertz is there's there's a there's a there's a cloud over them and potter has to figure it out and i think personally he's bringing in a lot of youth players to play games because i think he knows that these other guys are not fit for purpose anymore hey. but I, I think I so will too. say, yeah, I will say, Kukurea looks just horrible, <laughs> just horrible. horrible. I can't believe it. I, he looks, he looks like a pub player. I'm sorry, like it's, it's just There's what something he's like right now. He, yeah, yeah. Except in a lot of pubs in in England, if you walked in with that haircut, he'd be walking out again very, very swiftly. Which um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good thing, but you know. Um, Ah oh, man, there's something to there's something to be said for not buying Brighton players for massive amounts of money. I mean, if you look at the performances of Kukurea and Basuma this this season, like maybe that's just an environment in which players work really well, and maybe you, you shouldn't necessarily extrapolate out. But Chelsea, I just think this is the weirdest their squad has been in a long time. Like this squad makes no sense. You got Aubameyang, who's a striker, but he's not anymore like he's he's just done he was having fun in barcelona they should have just left him there it's just mm-hmm. not it's not pretty to watch at this point pulisic hasn't been a thing for the last 3 years sterling like city were very happy to let him go ziyech hasn't worked from the second he arrived like denis zakaria was their best player by quite some way I, like when that's the case things and he's on a six month loan or whatever like it's just a mad squad and Bowley is obviously willing to chuck all the money in the world at making it better but that doesn't seem to that doesn't jive with like Potter's whole thing which to your point you know it, Potter brought on three kids 
in the second half. Um, who was it? Hall. I mean, Chukwameka came on earlier in the game, but he, in the second half, Bron Hall, Amari Hutchinson, and Conor Gallagher, and they looked way better. Yeah, they they actually made things problematic for City. And I thought, looking at the starting lineup, Pulisic isn't going to be there any much longer. Like, I don't even think they want him. Ziyech, they don't really want him. Zakaria, as much as he played well, they don't want him. <laughs> and then, like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, they bought Badiashile for, to, I, I'm assuming, to start next season. But over who? Is Thiago Silva still going to be there? Is Aspila, Like, I get Aspilicueta's leaving, right? Mm. And I get Thiago Silva's old. So are they trying to do Koulibaly, who's been shit? And Valerie Chile, who's going to be new next season? Like, I- I'm not sure I understand the squad now. And I'm not sure I understand what the squad is going to be. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, again, and they want to sign Enzo, sure. Because Jorginho is apparently not favored. And Conte is injured forever. And Kovacic, I don't guess. Like, I get it. But just pay the fee then. Like, what, what, what do you think is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I don't like what I'm seeing at Chelsea. I just don't like it. I don't at all. No, no, none of it makes sense. And maybe we should have kind of suspected that with with Bowley. But on the other hand, he's appointed like 15 people to run the football operations, right? Like there's a technical director, there's there's Potter, there's all of Potter's staff. Like they took everyone from Brighton. Not even the tea ladies left there. And you would have thought that there'd be some proper decision making going on. Um, but meanwhile, like. I just can't imagine the conversation where Graham Potter says, "Yeah, go and spend 120 million on Enzo Fernandez." I don't think he's I can't. part of the conversation. I, I, I don't. I don't think he. Like, I think he's probably coming from Brighton and playing football manager at this point. Like, you know, like sure, why not? But why? Yeah. I think he should say, tell them, go get me the guy that got me Moise Casado. You know, go go find me stuff like that. Like, let's do that. And and to be fair, they're buying this guy, I think named Andre Santos from yeah. somewhere in Brazil. Like to our point, uh, Carney Ch- uh, Chukameka, please play for Nigeria. You know they're they're bringing him through. Conor Gallagher should get more games. I would have a lot of respect for Chelsea and Graham Potter if they just said, "Fuck it, we're gonna take a couple years off, and we're yes. gonna like build this young team." which I think is how they're trying to sell it to these signings, right? Mm-hmm. Like Nkunku is going to come in, lead the line, and they're going to have a bunch of young kids running around, and they're going to effectively pull an arsenal. I, sure. I think I could respect it if that's the objective. But like that a, means... Like a, billion, a billion pound arsenal. Yeah, yeah. But that, that, that means that you kind of have to give up Champions League football for a few years, which Arsenal kind of did. So, yeah, fair and 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 I honestly don't think that teams with this amount of money and resources should be worried about that. Like the Champions League money is not going to make any difference. Um, also, England's going to have five Champions League spots very soon, so maybe you don't even have to give it up if you can get fifth. But like, yeah, you think about that. In a couple of years' time, you could have a very good young team with a lot of Chelsea products and some people that they brought in. You know, Reese James is still young. This whole kid looks really good. As you said, Gallagher, Chukwameka, like this could be a very young, dynamic, you know, local side that the fans could actually relate to as opposed to this like complete shambles of, of a squad that it is now. 
Um, and I think everyone would feel a lot better about it. And Chelsea, frankly, would be a lot more more likable for, for the neutral as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that. I, I'm still amazed that Enzo Fernandez is trying to fight for this move. Firstly, I mean, no, actually, I, I, I understand it because the money's going to be ridiculous for him. Mm-hmm. But like, <laughs> on, on footballing terms, brother, <laughs> like Chelsea is not where you want to be right now. If I were him, if I were him, like, I always say go for the money. I do. I believe that wholeheartedly, as long as you're up, uh, straightforward with that. But let the season play out, bro, because there will be other teams that are going to come in for you in the summer, that, and you may be able to play at a higher level than what Chelsea's going to be doing for the next couple of years. You're a World Cup winner, that is mate. True. You can start flexing a little bit. <laughs> that, that is true. I mean, I, I suppose footballers are always wary that they're one kick to the knee away from, from that move disappearing forever. But at the same time, I mean, Rui Costa basically said what you said. Rui Costa was like, not Chelsea, man. Like, <laughs> Go somewhere better, <laughs> which really pissed off Chelsea fans. Um, but I don't know who would be in. I mean, Real Madrid look like they're, they're gearing up for Bellingham. So maybe that takes them off the table. Maybe Liverpool come back into the into the picture if they don't get Bellingham. I mean, whoever doesn't get Bellingham, you know, there's Rice and Enzo Fernandez and one or two others. So well, yeah, there'll be options. To, 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 to your point, right? Like... If Man United chased Frankie de Jong forever, who is not a defensive midfielder. So the mm-hmm. fact that they signed Casemiro instead of him tells me that they kind of still want that profile next to that, right? Ericsson is going to, like, he's 29, 30. You kind of want competition around there, right? To me, to your point, it's Bellingham, Rice, Enzo Fernandez that they would like to have. And if I'm Man United, Bellingham going off the market means that Benfica may have to drop their fee. You know what I mean? Because, like, you won't have everyone circling Enzo Fernandez that creates that demand. You might have to Mm -hmm. negotiate that release clause if you do want to make money on Enzo Fernandez next summer because those options are going to be around. Those three options. Oh, they're making money. They bought the kid for 18 million. Yeah. (laughs) They just don't need to sell (laughs) him for 85 million right now. Unreal. Yeah, I th- Unreal. I'm pretty convinced that like, Chelsea were trying to pay in like three three pound installments for the next 75 years, which is, seems to have really pissed Benfica off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's quite funny. Um, right, what else happened? So, all right, let's talk about Manchester United for a bit. Um, Manchester United are like a good team now. Um, from the outside, it looks like Eric Ten Hag is basically getting all the things right. Is that how it feels? I I think... I don't think that they're playing... What's the word I'm looking for? I think they're they're playing competently. You know, the professional performance type of thing that people like to say? I think there's a lot of that. I think mm. there are elements of what he wants to do that are showing up in good times. So... Set piece routines like the one that we saw against the forest, I think it was. Um, pressing, they're doing a lot more of that, but not gegen pressing. It's it's very intentional, systematic kind of pressing. Um, Hagen pressing. Yeah, I like that. I like that. We'll take that. Hagen does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it, it's like a lot of people expected. Like you know, they're gonna go 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 for it. It's like no, that's not really what's happening. But. I can see elements of improvement, especially over the first three games of the season, 100%. Um, 
I see improvement, of course, from Rashford. He's getting back to what he used to be. Um, Martial, just as a nine, whether you're scoring or not, and holding off defenders and passing it to people, unlike the guy who left, uh, is an improvement. And Luke Shaw is just wow. Like, he is the best left back in the league by some distance, the way that he's playing. It's not close. And then you look at the other side, that Lowe and Wambasaka are actually both playing well. This is crazy. So a lot of good things are happening at the same time. But to me, what's most impressive is getting the off-field decisions correct. Mm-hmm. Ernest not getting anything over him in the press conferences. He's uh, The Rashford being benched for a being late thing, I, I, I like that. And he's, I think he's handling Jaden Sancho right. Because clearly what there's is a going on there? No one really knows. The things that have, been, that have come out around it is, so he removed everything from social media. His aunt died earlier in the year. And there was some personal things with, I think someone else died in his family recently. And there's a bunch of other stuff compounded by the fact that he didn't get into the England squad, football things. Like, there's a lot that's been going on, supposedly. Okay. And what Eric Ten Hag has decided to do was take him out of the team altogether, sent him to the Netherlands, gave him a psychologist, and asked, and made him train individually to get his physique, phys, his phys, physique up and all that stuff up. But he's doing a lot of therapy and mental health work as well. Hmm. Okay. So now he's back at Carrington and he's still training individually but he said today he wants him back as soon as possible but he needs him to get the his mental state right because it affects the physical that once he feels that he's right there he'll bring him back into the team so I I personally and maybe it's because of the age that we live in I like the way he is approaching that mm-hmm. and saying I'm pulling him out the firing line even though he needs him because he's playing Bruno Fernandez on the right wing right now when Anthony's injured or not playing well he physically needs him to play football but he said he actually said today i need him but i need him 100 percent mentally and physically i don't just want to throw him in right now just because i need the body i think that makes sense because if you do it too early when he's not right it's just going to compound everything and make it worse and i think if i i didn't really know the details of this so that's really interesting um but i think if there's you know if there was ever a greater example of the difference between a player who's mentally right and a player who isn't it's Marcus Rashford this season. So if there was any, you know, motivation needed to get this decision right and to be patient, um, you've got the example right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and Rashford is, whew, my goodness, he is killing it. He's absolutely killing it. And he's color popping good. Yes. And and <laughs> I had a long phone call with uh, my arch nemesis Rashay yesterday or the day after. Sorry, or the day before, and. It's And I've said this numerous times. I'll say it again. He has been elite-level status of a player for two years in a row. He had one bad season, and people said, let's throw, throw him out. And now we're seeing him come back to what he was. If he takes it further from here, it's scary. <laughs> and that's what I'm looking forward to. Because what he was doing, 20 goals, 10 assists, two seasons in a row, like that's, that's, that's high for a winger. Now what are you mm-hmm. going to do now? That, that's what we're waiting to see. And it's, if, if Eric does the right thing, yeah, it's going to be very scary for the rest of the league. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen a few people say, like, when Luke Shaw is playing well, that means United are playing well. And I think that's very true. But another another feature of whenever United have played well over the last few years, and it's been really up and down, but whenever United have played well, it's been Rashford and Martial. Um, 
playing well together for the most part. And now you have, you know, Garnacho, who who seems to be like a really useful player with a lot of potential. Um, Van der Beek's going <laughs> to add him to the therapy list, um, <laughs> both physical and mental at this point. The, the guy cannot catch a break. I mean, well, or, I mean, literally can't catch a break, but not a break. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'll use to talk about the game a little bit because they, his Ten Hag switched things around and partly because Anthony was injured. So he put Bruno on the right, Donnie in the 10, which has never, ever worked. In fact, Donnie anywhere on the pitch has never, ever worked. If I mentioned that, it's just, it just hasn't. Donnie in the and hole. Exactly. <laughs> in the hole of doom. Um, <laughs> it, 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 even under the manager who knows him best, it hasn't worked. And then this, he got a knee injury from a bad, bad tackle. If, if anyone saw the picture, his leg literally... Like it bent like you pulled a bow and arrow. It was it was it was Ugh. it was very very bad, um, and they're saying he could be out for a year. But the sad part for him is that I think the team played better when he left, and that's just indicative of his of his career at United. It's it wasn't a good idea for him. It wasn't a good idea for the club. It's just sometimes things just don't fit, and once Bruno got a bit more central a lot changed because Bruno just creates chances and makes things happen for other people. And he got an assist off a wonderful pass from Luke Shaw. But then Luke Shaw started a move that got, and he got a goal. And then, uh, and then Erickson with the set pieces and Casemiro. <laughs> woo, I, I forgot about him and talk in praising everything that's been going on as well. He's been world, absolutely world-class, but it's just, there's a there's a front five that works, and it does not include Donny Van de Beek, and it can never include Donny Van de Beek, which is very sad. But you know, hope his career can rebound at some point. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, in the line of mistakes that that have been made with his career, Everton. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Palace never wanted him, and he chose Everton over Palace. And I thought last season's Palace would have been a lot better for him, I think. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. You know what? Lampard is a criminal on many levels. But but <laughs> <laughs> but remember last January, he called Deli Ali and he was like, you're my number 10, going to base the team around you, get you over here, you'll play football, let's do this. And then there's that video with Deli showing up at, at Everton. He's like, we've done it. We've made it. Come on, mate, let's go. And then he made exactly the same little call to Donny van der Beek. You're my number 10. Going to get you in the team, mate. Going to get you playing football. Going to be magic, son. Get in here. Didn't play either of them. <laughs> now he shipped Deli Ali off to Besiktas. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so oh funny. And now God. he's going to get Everton relegated. Look, Frank is a war criminal. <laughs> like I literally need oh Ten Hag to call Ten Hag. <laughs> well, I need someone in the Hague to sort this out because no man how firstly him getting this job is a crime. And yep. what he's doing with this team, like he basically like I think a lot of people overestimate the survival job of last season. I think they beat somebody big in one game and there was a lot of fist bumping mm. and they survived <laughs> and then they were like okay we can take it from here take what bruv take what he actually didn't do anything better than the previous guy like really it's just yeah. 
Oh God! Well, well, not not to mention that you know they they survived. The the financial situation is terrible because of all the money that they've wasted over the years. So they survived, and he was like, right now we've got a platform to build on. Except then they sold Rashardson because they basically had to, um, and didn't really add anyone. I mean, well, the team is not is... better. Well, yeah, yeah, to your point, they sold Richardson and I thought sixty million, okay, cool. And yeah. D- DCL has been injured forever, and they signed Mope. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and Idrissa Gay. Like this and is like, your solution. <laughs> and Tarkovsky and Cody on free transfers, whatever. Like, fine, they're better than Michael Keane, who you're now shipping off to Southampton for another team that has a death wish. But like. Yeah, just nothing that they did in the summer was was going to fix this, um, and I think they'll be a decent championship team, Bernie. I think when they get relegated, and I actually hope they get relegated for many reasons. I know I you do. do. Um, if and when they get relegated, I think it will take them a while to get back because I think a lot of people will leave. They don't. They they don't have money. We all know that they have problems with money. And then we all know what happens. Sure, you get a partial payment, but investment leaves you. You actually mm-hmm. have to learn how to play football to get back. <laughs> and, and I respect championship teams because the team who wins is literally usually a good footballing side. Yeah, when they get up, I mean, there's more Norwich. than just being there. Right, usually Norwich, right? Yeah. <laughs> or Fulham. But there's... Yeah. You've got to do more than just play football once you get into the Premier League. You've got to be robust. You've got to have all this other other stuff behind you. Everton are not robust right now, mm-hmm. and they can't play mm-hmm. football. I don't see how they change that without money. So that's I don't think they come back up immediately it's anyway. Kind of, yeah, it's it's a pretty scary situation. Because aren't they building the new stadium as well? I think so. The they one are, on the right? water? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. so yeah. Um, speaking of the Mersey, Skill to Liverpool, they're struggling as well, um, on and off. They're kind of, I don't think they're terrible, but they're also clearly not very good. Lost to Brentford, um, which can happen. Brentford are a giant killing team. Like They've beaten a lot of the big sides, um, not Arsenal, but pretty much everyone else um, at home. And, okay, here's my message basically to Liverpool fans. And you know what? I'll apply this to Chelsea fans as well. And... I think United fans have bought into it. I think they're okay at this point. But like, there's a lot of fans who are just overreacting to absolutely everything. And what mm-hmm. I would say to Liverpool fans is, like, you've been one of the best teams in the world for the last few years. Probably haven't won enough, given how good you've been, and that's mostly because Man City are, are just ridiculous. But it's okay to have a season that isn't as good. Like it's no, it's really not the end of the world. Obviously, there was always going to be a transition for this team because Salah for me, no Mane wasn't wasn't going to last forever. The club have been very proactive about replacing those guys. Like you have five forwards, you've got Gakpo, Jota's injured, obviously. Firmino's still there. Um, Salah's still there. Uh, Diaz is injured. That's that's unfortunate that Jota and Diaz are injured at the same time. But like. Situation's really not that bad. You you have whatever this season ends up being. You add a midfielder or two in the summer, and like you'll be back. I think part of the problem for Liverpool fans who are panicking is because when you've experienced thirty years of shit, and then mm. you're finally able to say we're here, to have it 
let me say, go back to shit in, let's call it five years. It's not that long. It's like, it's scary for them. And <laughs> maybe I don't think that there's confidence in the decision-making that's being, that's been made recently. So to your point, there are five forwards, but Darwin Nunez, not very good. <laughs> and I, I like I like the Diaz signing. I like Jota, but I, in a weird way, Jota worked for the first six months and hasn't really worked since. It's very, very strange. But I like the idea behind it. And, I, and to your point, I thought it was very proactive. Gakpo looks like a good player, but I don't really get what that's like. I, I don't get it. It seems very desperate. And I think people can smell the desperation. But then there's the stupidity of things, like not signing a midfielder. Mm-hmm. Like, you're telling me you can spend $80 million on... Nunez, 40-ish, almost 50 on, what's his name? Gakpo, but Gakpo. you could only bring Arthur Mello in on loan? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I find that very, very, very stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I do get that. I do get that. I mean, my, my the only conclusion I can draw, and obviously we know that Bellingham is their number one target, so my only conclusion that I can draw is that there's literally a pot of money waiting to be spent on him and you know like a like an Allison and like a Van Dyke like there's one guy and that's what they're going to go for um but to do nothing else for the midfield did seem very short-sighted cuz there's just the, been the a, thing... a, an unfair reliance on like Harvey Elliott and and Thiago yeah. is you know a wonderful footballer but he's old and he can't do that much running it like it's it's not really fair on the midfielders that are left Naby Keita's still knocking about the only thing that I can say is, and they did this two seasons ago when they were really, really shit, but then they went on that mad run towards the end and then they finished third or fourth, I think it fourth, was. I, think. Um, I still think it's possible. I mean, it's not obviously anything's possible, but I think it's actually maybe even realistic to suggest that they could overtake Tottenham to get... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, hold on. That's the fact they're in fifth. <laughs> so, yeah, even that wouldn't do it this year. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, okay, so let me say this. I think that City, Arsenal, and Man United are going to be in the top four. Newcastle should be, mm. in terms of like they deserve it, but I don't know their credentials in terms of holding on towards the end of the season. So we'll see. All I'll say is we'll see. Because I've seen Leicester do good things and then turn out to be shit. So let's just say we'll see on that. So top four is not beyond them. Because they will overtake Tottenham, they just will. <laughs> and then you got to find how do you overtake Newcastle, in my opinion. Which mm-hmm. is possible again. Because if they win this game in hand that they have, uh, they're on 31 points, which puts them four points behind Newcastle. Believe me, that's like not that much. So... They could do that, and then if they if they even sneak into top four, they probably sign Bellingham. I'm not, I don't know if it's under this new this ownership because they are up for sale, or if it's new mm-hmm. ownership that comes in who wants to make a statement. I think one way or the other they get Bellingham. I think he's a Liverpool fan in actual fact. I think um, he's certainly a Jordan Henderson fan, which is sad. But yeah, um, uh, if they make top four. If they even squeak it, I think they they pull that off, um, that particular deal. 
Um, yeah, and then after I think that, they'll be likely. fine. <laughs> Is that good? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think they'll be fine either way. Like, if it's not Bellingham, it'll be someone else. But, like, I, I do think, I mean, to your point about top four, I think it's wide open. I, just because Newcastle are an unknown quantity. They've been phenomenal. But it, the, there's an element of, like, how long can this can this go on? Let's see what they do in January. But but we just don't know, really. Um, United, to a certain extent, are also an unknown quantity. Um, mm-hmm. They're obviously improving, but but we we don't know what what their ceiling is or what you know what they're going to look like the second half of the season. Liverpool are all over the place. Sometimes they look like the new the Liverpool that we know, and sometimes they look completely different. Um, Van Dijk's out for a few weeks. That's never helpful, even though he's not been that good this season. That's never helpful to them. Um, and then Spurs, who let's talk about now, are just so weird this season. Um, haven't really played well at all, barring a few halves of football here and there, but have scraped together a bunch of results. I can, I think after 11 games, it was their best ever Premier League start. Um, and they were in terrible form before the World Cup, but still winning games after the World Cup a draw and a loss to open up and then they've just battered Crystal Palace 4-0. Um I just it's very difficult to know what to make of them. Um and we kind of d- discussed it before the break and it's not really any clearer now. Yeah, I they they don't look like a team that even wants to play together <laughs> to me and Conte doesn't feel like a manager who is really invested. You know, this, he he's always like, eh, if they like me, they like me, whatever. I'm like, I get it. You're a passionate man in general, but is he passionate about this job? Like Tottenham for me always just felt like a job that was available. Not like a job that he really, really, really wanted to take. In fact, we all know he was pushing very hard for a Manchester United job, which, which didn't come. Hmm. Um, so what kind of commitment is there? In in many ways, funny enough, I think if they had found a way to get Potter, it would have been a bit more of a cultural fit than Chelsea. Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, those... I don't know, it just feels a bit more his style, that, that team, than yeah. Chelsea does, which was a mishmash of nonsense. Like, they're good players at Spurs. And I can see why they were put together the way they were put together. And they had a great summer. Richarlison, like to think their forward line is Harry Kane, Son, Kulusevski when he's fit, Richarlison behind that. That's mad. That's actually mad. And you got yeah. Hoiberg. Um, they bought Basuma. Basuma. It's mad. Like it, it's a good group of players, but it's not functioning like a group of players. And I think part of it is it, it starts from the top. I don't think I don't think Conte is in it. I, I really don't. I think he's. Uh, I, I. I think there's a lot of stuff that he says that you basically have to ignore. Like I think he chats shit all the time, and he's done that throughout his career. Like I, I remember when he left Juventus. Remember that quote that he said about like you can't go to a hundred dollar restaurant with ten dollars in your pocket or something. I mean, it would have been in euros, but I'm converting it. Um, and then the next season, Allegri took over and got them to the Champions League final. Like. His modus operandi is always to complain about lack of signings um, and money being spent, even though like at this point in the game, we all know that just spending big money on players doesn't doesn't guarantee you any success. But that is just what he does. Like, There's a lot to ignore in what he says. Um, 
yeah, it's it's really difficult to know. I, I don't disagree that it was a job that he probably took because it was available. But at the same time, he's a lunatic. Like he is an extremely passionate, committed person to whatever job that he's doing until the club <laughs> pisses him off to, to the extent that he wants to leave. So I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he finishes the season and and leaves. I also wouldn't be surprised if he stays for a while and signs a new contract. I, I just He's unpredictable and they are unpredictable. Um, and similarly, if they were to go on a run to, like they did towards the end of last season and win a whole bunch of games once Kulisevsky and Bentoncourt are back, wouldn't be surprised. And if they fall away, I also wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think mm-hmm. anything is possible. But I, I do think, to that point, that it hinges a lot on Kulisevsky. Like, you're right in your point that the front line is mad if everyone's fit, but they haven't been all season. Like, Richarlison was out for a while, and now he's out again. Um, Son still isn't playing well, hasn't played well all season, and Kulisevsky's been out for most of the season. So I think if they are going to do anything good, he has to be there. I agree. I, I I agree. Yeah, man. Anything else? What else worth, going on? Worth uh, the other leagues are—they're just chilling, like they should yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Serie yeah. Serie A came back into beat uh, Napoli, which was Napoli's first first loss all season, I think. But they're still still got a good lead at the top. Does Jekyll have long hair, or did I did I make that up? <laughs> No, I actually don't know. So there was that graphic I going saw a picture around. that looked like... Yeah, right? I was like, what's going on? <laughs> but I don't know whether that was just into messing with people, or maybe he grew it and then shaved it off. I don't know. I'm Googling imaging now. Google imaging now. There are no pictures of him with long hair. So maybe it was a trick? Not sure. You want to know what's wild about Syria right now? That, And I say that because I'm completely shocked that about this because i i don't follow it very closely but what i'm about to say shocked the shot of me that juventus are in third <laughs> what like no when did this happen when did that happen oh they are I... as well they've won their last five games <laughs> i had no idea they got good again they're two points and... off milan <laughs> Because remember, Allegri was supposed to get sacked, and they were like, "No, we're gonna stick with him." But it was more because it was actually too; it was impossible financially to get rid of him. And all of a sudden, like they're gonna be in the Champions League. And I just want to read the team sheet that uh, they played a uh, Cremonese, and they won one nil, mm-hmm. 90 minute uh, Milik. Their, yes. their squad. This is this is what it was. Okay, the formation according to. Google, which is never reliable, is three, five, one, one. <laughs> okay. Is Danilo, Bremer, yeah. Gatti, I don't know who he is, I can't lie. Um, nope. Kostic, McKenny, Locatelli, Fagioli, Sule, Miretti, and Milik. I'm going to say this now. They, I, I don't know these guys, and, you know, Again, granted, for our listeners, we used to watch a lot more other other leagues than we did before until we all became more old. <laughs> but <laughs> these are names that, when you think about Juventus as a big team, you expect to hear more big names in the team. I know Chiesa was on the, was on the bench, probably come back from yeah. injury. Rabio was on the bench. He came on. Paredes. And I'm sure a lot of this was squad rotation as well. But still, I'm like, 
I like seeing names I don't know. I also assume mm-hmm. a lot of them are young, which is great. Yes. But it's just it's just weird for me to see that. Like it's just it's strange. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And there are rumors that Vlahovic might leave. I don't know if that's because he's unhappy or because the Juventus clearly need money. I don't think they're going to be able to invest in the team, given all the the legal wranglings. I mean, they usually find a way anyway, but I don't think they're going to be able to spend much on this team. So I think maybe, you know, there's going to have to be a move towards these kids. And some of them are very highly rated. But uh, yeah, it is weird. It is weird. It's not what you kind of associate with Juve. Certainly, youth players are certainly not what you associate with Allegri. That's for sure. Yep. Yep, exactly. But uh, can we talk about the Roman clubs for a second? So, sure. obviously, Portugal offered Jose the job, and he seems to have turned it down, which is very disappointing to me. A, because I just thought he'd be more fun as an international manager, and B, because I like Roma and want them to be managed by someone else. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I don't know what he thinks. Like he thinks that he has all this stuff to prove, and and I and I get it. They're three points off top four. If he gets them in top four, money investment, yada yada yada. Maybe third season he goes for a league, whatever. I get all that. And he's also probably addicted to the day to day because he is a bit of a messy human being. But even I want to see Jose manage Portugal. I want to see it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, he's crazy, but I want to see it. And look, let's let's not let's give him a little bit of respect, even though we hate him. Okay, he's one of the greatest managers to walk the earth, like in history, top ten, top fifteen, top twenty, whatever. Like he's one of the best to ever do it. Let's see what you got with your country, because the talent is way too much. Which is another yep. reason why he probably shouldn't manage them, because he doesn't do well with young talented players. But there's so much talent there that requires elite management that this world cup could have gone to portugal if they were managed better because they're just that yeah. much that talented yeah and frankly they the last probably, couple of tournaments yeah the, top to bottom if you look at their starting 11 like at least they're probably outside of france i would say the second most sacked team and, and yeah. they are nowhere near winning anything, like anything of use. Like Euro 16, sure, whatever, fam. Like, yeah. you know, this Nations League thing that I keep seeing, no one gives a shit. Like, nope. you should win the World Cup. You really should. So yeah. I want to see and, it. And I think older, mellower Jose is, is the one to do it. I think I think that's got to happen. I also think they're not going to make top four, Roma. Um, and... He should be sacked <laughs> if, that, <laughs> if, that, if that happens. Um, Lazio, uh, fans racially abused Samuel and Titi and uh, one of his teammates. Um, again, this is just happening again. Um, they've been told to close the stand that the ultras sit in. And obviously the, come up, the club have, have come out and made their usual, like we were against racism statement, but it's just mm. fucking like how many... How many times, man? How many times? It's just a joke. And then fans of, of Serie A complain about like, oh, the Premier League has too much money and, and we can't catch up and we need a Super League and blah, blah, blah. And obviously I'm talking about not, you know, tarring everyone with the same brush here, but like the league has to sort this shit out or that's that kind of that level of commercial success is never going to happen. Not that that's the first thing that we should be talking about when it comes to this, but like it's a consideration. 
it's uh, like yes, is there racism everywhere? There absolutely is. But like, if your fan culture is this bad, then you're not going to attract the best players. Not going to people broadcasts are not going to want to show your games. It's it is a knock on effect. It it it, mm-hmm. it really is. Um, but one I want to make one more point about Roma. I just remembered. If Jose gets sacked, or if he chose to do the Portugal job, we will literally never see Cristiano Ronaldo play for Portugal ever again. I'm convinced that Jose won't do it. And I I dislike the two of them. I dislike the two of them. But I will take Jose right now. (laughs) Agreed. But why do you think he wouldn't do it? I know he likes old guys, but... I think even this is a step too far. I think even he is smart enough to see mm. Gonzalo Ramos and Rafael Leal, who I think can really do a good job as a number nine, by the way. But I think oh, he can sure see he those two things and say, yeah, this is a lot better. Because if there's one thing that Jose really, really likes, is a mobile forward. True. True. Yeah. Um, he's been trying to turn Tammy Abraham into into something special. And it's kind of like, it seemed to be working for a bit, this season less so, but um, yeah, we'll see. I was reading that they're benching him a lot now, and Mm -hmm. I kind of hope they continue, and they frustrate the shit out of him, because my team needs a striker, and I would have no problem with Tammy Abraham coming back to England. I see. Joining us. At a cut price, price. I would have no problem with that. Your problem there is that Chelsea have an eighty million pound buyback, and uh, oh, I could see Graham Potter enjoying that. <laughs> I could see like, Graham let me go to Rome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New, next stop talking. on his European tour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, that's uh, that's an hour. That's probably enough, um, and we will be back next week, probably. Mm-hmm.